Welcome to our first podcast episode. For those who don't know, I'm Elijah. And I'm Courtney. And, and we're, we're hitched. hitched. So this this episode, we're going to be talking about something that's uh, very um, personal to ourselves, as well as uh, I believe it may be helpful for some others. Uh, we've gotten questions on our Facebook live show, and we're going to really touch on these but this podcast is going to be a little bit different from our Facebook Lives. We're going to be more focused on having conversations with one another. And we invite you to, to send your comments in, to send your questions in, so we can bring you into the conversation. But really discuss these serious topics, some light topics, some joking topics, whatever it is. Amongst a husband and a wife who are growing together in their marriage. Yes, and we are super excited to be back. Uh, for those of you who know, we have been doing Hitched since 2017. Yeah. And uh, we've had our times of um, stopping and coming back and mm -hmm. things like that. And this year, 2021, we are bringing you guys not only our videos on Facebook, but a um, audible podcast that you can listen to uh, wherever. And so we are super excited to uh, start a new journey yeah. with Hitch TV. We have so many plans for Hitch TV. Uh, a lot of people have been asking us about our retreat right. still, um, and we're going to definitely plan that eventually uh, amongst some other events. So we want you guys to stay tuned, tune in, welcome back, and Again, like Elijah said, today we'll, we'll even say the topic yet. I didn't say the topic yet. No. Well, I will let him announce the topic and let you guys know what we will be talking about today. Okay, so the topic comes from one of our one of our first episodes that we ever did on the Hitch TV Live mm -hmm. show. And that topic was, why wait? Um, that, it may be the word, it may be a little different, but in a sense is abstaining from sex in the process of dating and why we should do it, um, how we should do it, and just talking about that. So there was a lot of questions that came in, some questions we didn't get to answer while on the show, so we're going to address those today. Right, and so we hope that you guys um, are able to utilize this uh, show and this podcast in your life, and uh, we're going to go ahead and start by just giving you guys our experience or just talking through our experience um abstain abstaining from uh sex and things yep. like that while we were dating and so um and one of the questions that we had gotten from one of our first viewers was uh what did you achieve from it yep. um and I guess we can start there. What do you well, feel like you achieved? Or actually... Well, I, I think we should probably start, for those who are listening for the first time who mm -hmm. don't know our story, um, then we just start with there. And so... Uh, just what we did, okay. Yeah, so so I'll, I'll just kind of start us off. We have two separate sides of the story, but... It's not we, that different. It, it's not that different, <laughs> but it, it, it's a little different. But um, basically, we met online, um, and we met we met on Plenty of Fish. Mm -hmm. um, right, we met on we met on plenty of fish. Uh, at the time, I was uh, looking for someone. I had a I had a profile. Uh, my profile was basically like it was like a firewall. Like if you weren't a Christian woman who was actually looking for a Christian man, it was just like nah, I ain't touching this person. <laughs> Like I was like, look, I'm a minister. I'm this. I'm that. I'm I'm in the church. I'm doing like I'm and these, this is what I'm doing with my life, and this is what I'm looking for. And so um, basically, I didn't get a lot of messages. Um, maybe some here and there, but anyway. Uh, but one day, uh, I get this this notification comes across my phone, <laughs> and it says someone favorited your account. So I'm like. Okay, it's my favorite in my account. So I pulled out the phone, uh, tapped on the notification, it comes up, it's her profile. And I'm looking through the profile and I'm like, okay, she she's 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 cool. She's cool. So but cause nothing on her profile like like was like 
at, out of out of the ordinary. It wasn't like a crazy profile. It was a normal person's profile. <laughs> so I messaged her and I'm like, you know, um, hey, how are you doing? Um, thank you for actually reading my profile because I knew that was the only way you go get <laughs> get the message me or favor anything. You actually have to read it. And then uh, we started messaging to, in, messaging each other. But we in the dating process, you know, we basically like early on, I was like, look. Um, I'm celibate and we went from there and she could tell you more about how we met on her end well on my end um, I was actually on my way to delete my <laughs> plenty of fish because I had a, an experience with a previous fish and <laughs> it wasn't that good yeah. so um, it was yeah, I was on Plenty of Fish um, by suggestion from a friend of mine mm -hmm. and did not have a great experience. And so uh, while I was on there, uh, his profile happened to pop up. Mind you, again, this was a new experience for me. So I did not know how it worked. I didn't know right. any of the back end of how this thing worked. Before this, I, have ne I had never been on online dating. That was another thing. I didn't understand it. So, um, I ended up seeing his profile. I saw his picture. He had this big old smile in his picture. And I was like, oh, he looks nice. He had on like this, I think it was like a suit jacket or something mm -hmm. like that in the picture. So the gray suit yeah. jacket with the gray uh, checkered shirt. Yeah. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, he looked nice. Had a little haircut. I would pardon that picture, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> My friends that know me know I like a good, clean haircut. You know, it's a good, clean haircut now. But no, anyway, so, um. I read through the profile and I was like, well, this is different. You know, like he's talking about God in his profile and like just stuff that I wasn't, you know, used to seeing. And so I favored it because in my mind I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to favor this and I'll go back to it later or whatever. And then I don't know how long later I ended up getting a message from him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, thank you for reading my profile. You're the only one that read through it and, you know, some other stuff. And then I was like, I'm going to respond back to him. And I'm like, I'm going to respond back only because he did not respond to me in a way that every other man who hit me up on there responded to me. Mm -hmm. um, as far as you look good or baby this or blah, 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 or can we meet this? And, you know, y'all know mm -hmm. that normal, you know, that normal talk, yeah. you know. And so that's where it started. And here we are. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was basically the start of our relationship. But like for, like I said, from there we kind of went. Uh, we I let it known that hey, I was celibate, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if you said it right away that you were too. I don't. I, did. I don't. Okay, you you did, and I was just, um, and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but in the back of my mind, when I said that, she was like, I did. I, I remember now. Yet you said uh -huh. you did. And in the back of my mind, I was like, is she just saying that? <laughs> but anyway. Um, and we basically stayed celibate throughout our whole dating process, um, through engagement, basically. Um, and we'll get into more on how we did it and what we did because uh, these were questions that came up. Yeah. And so just kind of talk about it with ourselves because there may be some things that I don't even know that she did mm -hmm. and vice versa. Well, I guess one of the questions that we can pose, I did mention the other question first, but we're going to go ahead and back up and start at... Why did you choose to be abstinent? So, the reason I chose personally um, to be abstinent was basically um, about five years before that. Five, yeah, about five years before that is when I really like dedicated my life to Christ, mm -hmm. and I was trying to like I have basically been molding myself into what what I would see principles in the word of the mm -hmm. word of God. I would look at the Bible and I would see certain principles. Um, like one of the principles that your yay be yay and your nay be nay. So I would try to, you know, make sure if I say yes that I'm gonna do it. If I say no, I'm gonna do that. Mm -hmm. Um and one of the other principles was that uh, Jesus would basically was talking and you just see it all over the Bible is that, you know, sex is reserved for marriage, that is reserved for a man and a woman who are married together, um, rather than, um, of course, it was also a sin to be a fornicator, which is basically somebody who's in sex, having sex, and isn't married, 
or someone who's adulterous is having sex outside of marriage uh, or having sex with a married person. And so it's just like I've seen that and I wanted to basically conform my life to be more like what God actually wanted. Okay. I figured he knew he knew what best. If he's the creator, then he knows what the yeah, creation should he do. He definitely knows what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. So So what happened? what about you? Well, for me, honestly, it was I just I wanted to try something different. Okay. And it wasn't even necessarily so in a way it was a spiritual conviction as well as realizing that I felt like I was kind of living in insanity, basically like doing the same thing over and over again and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. And so I actually rededicated my life April. Um, it was April 2015 is when I rededicated. Uh, let me see if I can put it in March. It was either 2014 or 2015. Okay. Probably 2014. Uh, it was on Easter service at Crosspoint. Mm -hmm. And I had just been feeling like, before that, I had just been feeling like, way before that, I'd been feeling like really convicted. Like, I was in, you know, praise and worship, you know, leading praise and worship really at this right. point. And I just would be up there like, I can't praise and I can't lead people into praise when I know I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And so, in, at that current moment, the relationship that I was in, I went to that person and expressed that to that person. Um, and it wasn't really received as I thought it would be received. And so, then I felt like I had to continue to do what I was doing mm -hmm. because I was already doing it. And it was like, okay, I guess you can't take that away from this person since you were already giving it to them. But after a while, the conviction just grew within myself. And I was just like... You know, this is just not something that I want to be doing. And so once that relationship ended, I told myself, like, look, like you can't, I can't allow someone else to dictate my relationship with God and dictate right. what I'm doing. And so um, for me, I was like, I have to do this different. And if the next person that comes along in my life can't accept the fact that I want to be celibate, then they just cannot be in my life. You know, I'll just stay or abstinent. I'll just stay abstinent until God brings the right person in my life. And that is that is why I chose to because yeah. I just felt, you know, I felt like it was something that needed to be done. And not even just, you know, biblically, but it just needed to be done because I wanted the next person I was with, I wanted to know them and learn them on another level. Yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, clouded or you know misguided based on my sexual feelings mm -hmm. towards this person and so that's where my so would you say that it actually helped you with that that that, that, that was a benefit from it that it didn't cloud i would definitely say that because i feel like a lot of times in relationships we're clouded sexually because we're enjoying that feeling that we're getting but we're not taking enough time to actually understand who this person is that we're laying down with. And I feel like for me, that definitely helped me see, you know, the people who came into my life after that in a new light. I was able to see them in, in a different way. Like, okay, you want to do this or you are trying to, you know, like secretly force me into sleeping with you, you know, type of thing. And then so... When I when it came to you and like me and you were talking and like I was able to see you for who you were instead of being clouded and I think that definitely allowed me to open up more and to actually be able to see, yeah, you know. So, what about you? Yeah. So I mean, for me, I was I would say it's kind of similar for me. Mm -hmm. Um, is that that was very much so one of the benefits. Um, I think with having that benefit. Um, there were it kept. I, I think it kept me focused. Mm -hmm. Um, and more than anything, it kept me focused because there were certain things. Um, basically, in my search for a wife, because mm -hmm. that's basically what I was in search for. Uh, I was in search for a wife, not mm -hmm. on a date for twenty years, and but a search for a wife. So <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there, uh, and I basically came up with things that I were, was looking for in a wife, somebody I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. 
And so while I knew what I wanted, if I feel like if sex was there, it would have complicated, in a sense, my vision. Mm-hmm. Where I would where the things I wanted, things that may have been a red flag, could be shielded over because, you know, um, I'm having such this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. So that red flag, oh, you know, it ain't nothing. Just look over that because you know, sex basically. I think sex amplifies the feeling of love, mm-hmm. and so and the Bible even says that love, love, um, what's the word? Love um, uh, covers a multitude of fault, faults, mm-hmm. and so when those faults come up, we like, yeah, I love this person. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But then that's why a lot of people get lust and love confused. Exactly. Yeah. And so then when you get when you get to a point where if you have ignored all of those red flags mm-hmm. and then you decide I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, eventually the things that you loved about the person become annoying, <laughs> and then those red flags just start showing up, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, you're still doing that because mm-hmm. you, you love them. You're like they're going to change, right? And you realize, you know, ten year, five, ten years in, you're like, they still haven't changed. Right. And so uh, I think it helped shield me away from losing focus on the things that I actually was looking for. So how did you, how did you just, dis- like, well, it's kind of the same thing, like, asking how did you decide to, um, you know, become abstinent? Like, what was that moment was there a moment or was it just you saying like like you've been saying you just were yeah well, that, that was a moment um the moment was um basically i was literally reading through the bible mm-hmm. like from genesis to revelation and um and there i there well there wasn't like a particular moment let me let me rephrase mm-hmm. that the moment was in the in the process of reading mm-hmm. And getting those principles that to live by, um, not saying I'm living in a sense of the law, but living based on the principle. Now it's the law that you know you don't fornicate, you don't commit adultery. But the but the the principle of it even goes back to Jesus that marriage that God intended for one man and one woman to be together in the unity of marriage. So if Jesus intends that, and He's God then I should live in the way that he intended, which is save this one thing for when you're married. Okay. So um, I think for me, um, like I said, I didn't have, I didn't also have like one particular moment. It was just multiple moments and multiple mm-hmm. feelings that I got over like a, a span up. of time. Yeah. Like a buildup. And then, then I finally was like, you just you have to do it because it was so much that I felt like I was carrying, mm-hmm. and I was like, you just you have to do it. Um, and that kind of goes in to me like um, another question someone had asked us at one point was, what do we feel like we achieved from being yeah. you know abstinent? And I feel like I achieved. Um, I would say it's so much that I feel like I I achieved. But mainly, I feel like I achieved clarity on who I was in God mm-hmm. and how strong I could be with him by my side and walking through what is a huge temptation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing for me, sex is is big for me. Mm-hmm. And so having that span of time without it was like, how you finna do this? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, you, how are you about to get to... Because when I first... Like, decided to do it, I didn't know how long this process was going to be, you know. And so, it was a challenge, basically, that I was putting upon myself to say, if this is what you want, Mm -hmm. then you have to go through these steps of, you know, you know, failure or, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, like, there are times where you feel like, if I fail, then I can't pick back up and keep going. And I'm like, I knew that this was going to be a hard ride for me because I didn't know when God was going to send the person for me to marry. But I just knew that my ultimate goal was to heal myself from my past hurt and also to be able to go into a new relationship with clarity of not only who I was, who I am, Mm -hmm. but who I wanted to be with and who I felt like I deserved to be with. 
And I feel like I achieved all of that in that process. I understood who I was. Now, do I still go through some things? Yes. But it allowed me to be able to build my my faith up Mm -hmm. and knowing that, God, I know there's somebody that you have for me. And I know that the relationship that I'm supposed to have with them is supposed to be built on something more than this. Yeah. And I feel like I achieved that. Like I'm, awesome. I'm in a relationship now that's built on more yeah. than that. So Yeah. And I, I think um, if I was to answer what did I achieve, uh, well, I think one of the greatest things I achieved was um, knowing what self-discipline and self-control is. Mm-hmm. Now, because... Um, one of the things about when you decide to do to to actually be absent, you really have to control yourself. Right. Um, we we basically put together ways that that we would prohibit our well not guard ourselves against putting ourselves in situations where we were in in those mm-hmm. uh, situations, and I think those helped a lot. And with that, it just came. Um, you're able to basically put because you put up the guards, mm-hmm. the control becomes easier. Right. You know, um, you know, we can get we'll, we can get more into it, but you know, even though there's certain certain areas in in my life where I even feel like I need more discipline, I need more self control. I can still look back at the times when I did when I was implementing self control and discipline in other areas of my life, mm-hmm. um, like. Like being abstinent, uh, you go back a couple of years with like I lost almost a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we can get into another time how I end up gaining it back, but <laughs> you know, but I lost almost a hundred pounds, and it was literally just being disciplined, mm-hmm. and it was because I had say like put up guards mm-hmm. against everything. It was like I'm not doing this; I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that helped achieve knowing you have self-control mm-hmm. um i could also think of like a person who goes to school, goes to school get a, a finishes school uh, whether they get a license certificate degree whatever they've gotten that feeling of achievement that i finally did this and i accomplished it mm-hmm. you know that's when you think about doing it again you can always look back and say i did it before mm-hmm. yeah i think that's one, one thing that helped me yeah i think um that's really good. You know, you get a lot of, I think a, one thing that people struggle with, with being abstinent is, you know, that whole saying that people say, I got to try it before, before I buy, buy it. it. Yeah. And it's like, not mm-hmm. necessarily because a lot of times you don't try things before you buy it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we go right into the store, we see something that look good, we buy it, we get it home. And then whether we fully like it or not, we still use it because we bought it. So it's you know it's a lot. It's a lot to it. It's it's a lot to it, but you know that takes me into um, what uh, another. We used we always get asked this question: What did you do like to Mm -hmm. fight the temptation? Like what steps? Like people are telling us, no, we need step by step. Like and we tell people, oh, you know, we just made sure we didn't do. Certain things, but they're no, no, Courtney, Elijah, we need step by step. Mm-hmm. What did y'all do? So, um, what How was you start? How did you start that? Okay, so yeah. I guess so. You want me to start? I can start individually, or you want us to talk about like what, yeah, what, we did what, what did you do? <sighs> so, for me, I think that was actually one, <laughs> I think that's when I started getting busy. And I think around that time when I decided that I was going to be abstinent, I started filling up my time with other things to occupy that space. Mm -hmm. Because in full transparency, I could be sitting down watching TV and sex pops in my head. Like you would think I was a guy. Like this is Mm -hmm. a typical mindset that you would think a man would have. And I would just be sitting there like, dang, like I didn't... (laughs) Like, I feel like I need something. And so for me, I would just fill up my time with other things because I felt like if I was just sitting stagnant, then I would think about it. It would come across my mind. And so I needed to do other things that would take my mind off of it. So I found other things. I was always at karaoke. Like, I was always out doing something. I was working a whole bunch. I was doing, you know, I was doing something. I was in church 
24-7. Like, I was filling my time up with other things yeah. that would help me not focus on what I felt like I was struggling mm-hmm. with or missing. Um, that was really the main thing I did on my own was just fill my time. Um, you know, pray whenever I had those moments, I would try to watch something that would take my mind off of it or something like that. Or maybe call and talk to somebody who, you know, would put my mind in a different mindset or something like that. But as far as, you know, what I mainly did, it was really just to fill my time. And I, now I always... Mm-hmm. Have something to do. I always got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, for me, um, I kind of, I, in a sense, I filled my time up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to my aunt's house, um, and you know, I'll hang out with them. Mm-hmm. They would stay up on a normal basis to like two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and so basically, I would end up staying. I would stay with them, you know, hanging out. I stay up with them to the point where I'm starting to get a little tired. Mm-hmm. And so then I come home and, and it was my day's like, it's bedtime. Right. Go to sleep, wake up and start a new day. Um, but when I could didn't when I wasn't doing that, you know, I was playing video games. I was like, I was basically just like feeling in a sense, feeling my time up. I was read, reading books, I was studying. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there were so many things that I would just try to find to do to just keep my mind off of it. Uh, and I think after a while, um, after a while, it just became easier not to not to really think about it. Because after a while, I didn't get into the filling your time up part. Mm-hmm. I, I was th- those some of the things that I was doing just became habit. Yeah. And so it wasn't necessarily me intentionally filling my time to not think about it. Mm-hmm. It was so just me just the, yeah. I was enjoying was the thing. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that was that was pretty much. Uh, like for me individually of what mm-hmm. I would do mm-hmm. um, but I think for for us as a couple though um, we did so we did I think we had help in, in one sense mm-hmm. because we like because of um, my family dynamic uh, how my mother was mm-hmm. um, I think we had in a sense we had a little bit more help than some people have um, but but not, I wouldn't say more help than some people have um I would say the help was more available. Uh, where what do you mean by that? Because because how how our situation happened. Well, for those who don't know, the way uh, the way Courtney would visit because she's from Kansas City, I'm from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and three and a half hour drive. And the way we would we would basically visit in the beginning, she would end up staying staying at a hotel, mm-hmm. and I'll be at I'll be at my house. And I think you did that like two times. I think, yeah, I think I only yeah, said it. Actually, it, I only said the hotel once when Taylor once. and Tiana was here. It was what, And once. every time after that, Ma was like, uh-uh, you can come yeah, over here. Yeah. So my mom was like, why are you paying for a hotel? You can literally just yeah. come over to my house and, and, and sleep over here. And because and, mom knew we both were, were, were abstinent. Mm-hmm. And with, um, basically, she was you know all on board. She can stay at, our, at, at my house. Mm-hmm. She could sleep on the couch or whatever, and then you know we y'all can come yeah, over. Like, and, you Girl, know. you don't need to spend no money on no hotel. I got an extra room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, that's how it ended up uh, starting. And so um, the hangout spot, like just sitting and watching TV, you know, it, quote unquote, Netflix and chill without the other part <laughs> that y'all, y'all be doing. <laughs> But when we wanted to like just hang out, and watch a movie, we would do it. At, we would hang out at my mom's house, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna disrespect my mom's house, you know. Right. Um, especially, especially my mom living in an apartment. But anyway, <laughs> I ain't gonna disrespect my mama's house. And so uh, we're in a place where there were, we always put ourselves in a place where people were, right? Uh, where people were to keep us in, in a sense, keep us in check. But we weren't. We were also in process of keep, keeping ourselves in check, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what helped us even more. Because if we wanted to, you know, right, he had his own place, and so we could have, you know, went yeah. over there. But I think it was we we both knew the direction that we wanted to go in and what we were trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helped us more was as well was because that was something we didn't want to waver from, and yeah. so we did everything in our power. To you know, and you know, make sure that we didn't slip up and do things like that. Even when we were around each other and we felt those kind of moments, it was okay. It's time for me to go, or yeah. like you know. So it was, <laughs> it was like okay. We feel like you can feel the tension building up. You can feel that 
you know, those feelings building up and it was like, okay, it's getting late. It's, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning. You know, he's going to go home. I always hated when he drove home. Always mm-hmm. hated it, but she cried one time. Yeah, <laughs> that was in Kansas City, yeah. which you're not gonna do. Yeah, that, was, that was in Kansas City, uh-huh. and of course he had come. He had come up to visit me in Kansas City, and I did not want him to leave. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did cry. If you just gotta put it out there, I cried, but I only cried for a little bit. Cause guess what? He stayed. Yeah. So, <laughs> just give you background information because we still were remaining absent at that point. Right. Uh, what ended up happening? It was a Sunday, and anybody knows me. I'm a Walking Dead fan. Still am. <laughs> I know all, uh, all a whole bunch of other people stopped watching, but I still am a fan. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was still popular. And so I was like, okay, look, it's Sunday. It takes me three and a half hours to drive back. Walking Dead is going to come on in three hours. <laughs> so I got to go. And so she was like, I don't want you to go. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. And so I, I waited. We ended up going over uh, over our friend's house. And basically I was like, and they was like, you know what? You could watch it here. Mm-hmm. So ended up watching the show. Okay, now I really got to go because I'm going to get home at 12. Mm-hmm. And that's when she started crying. And I, I was like, I don't know what to do because I actually got to go. But then her friend was basically like, you could sleep here on the couch. You you could take the guest room. And, you know, because I got another room over here. So, mm-hmm. basically, we were still separated. Um, and I ended up staying the night at the, at the house. Yeah. So, basically, every time that we were in the same spot, this is the first time we've slept in the same place. Yeah. Unless you fell asleep like on the couch yeah. at your mom's house, but you always woke up and, and went, went home. home. Yeah. And that yeah. was the first time that we. Like, I'm in St. Louis. I ain't sleeping on nobody's couch. Right. That was right. <laughs> that was the first time that we um that we you know slept in the same place. Yeah. And the second time that we slept in the same place was like a month before our wedding. Yeah. When we went yeah. to Branson, and <laughs> that was a those those. I, I was actually gonna get to that because because uh, I my question for you was gonna be the most tempting time before we were married because I already know the answer to this yeah. but y'all don't so uh, the most tempting time for me was Branson uh, because that was the first time that we were we laid in the same bed together. Mm-hmm. Um, a room, we were, full of people. a room full of people. A room full of people. We were not alone. You know, there were other people there as like well. Eight, eight four people. other people. Where are you getting eight from? There were four couples. Where? Two, four. No, there were six people. It was six people total. That's including us. Yeah, six there people. There were four other people. You said four other people. Four other people. Four other people. Yeah. Four, four, yeah. four other people. <laughs> I'm not counting myself. <laughs> and so we we share the same bed. We were invited out of town mm-hmm. um, by some friends, and it was like a, basically like a gift to us from them. Yeah, you know, they, they were already going, and then they paid for us to come up to go. Yeah. And it, it was so tempting because. Now I'm laying next to the person who I love, who I'm about to marry. I have these feelings. I know we're about to get married. So my mind is like, well, I mean, we about to get married. You know, (laughs) we right there. You know, will God be mad at me? Because we about to get married. We were literally like two weeks away from It was like two. No, 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 no. It was like a month. It was like a month. Okay. It was like a month away. Um, because I remember when we were gone, I was like, well, I'll see you in four weeks. Like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Okay. And I'm telling you, y'all, in my mind, I was like, but we finna get married. Like, eh, you know, God ain't gonna be that bad. Like, no. you know. But we did not do anything. And I was extremely tempted because, you know, when you're laying next to somebody and you're feeling them and they feeling you and it's just, it's hard. So... No. You know, was that yours? I gotta stop tapping on the table. Well, I I was asleep, so like, but I don't know. What was your most tempting? Um, my most tempting. Not one instance comes to my mind, like particularly mm-hmm. one instance, because I can just remember like more more so. There were times where like I would just like start having a little desire. 
uh, come rise up and I was like, okay, you know, kind of end the night, mm-hmm. basically. But it's like, no, I don't really think there was like one moment that was literally my most tempting. I did pretty daggone good in the, yeah. in the times where we were like hanging out or whatever. It was just that night like laying next to you that mm-hmm. was like, Jesus, help me through the night because it was about to go down. <laughs> that's how I felt. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's pretty much. Um... So I guess a lot. So what are what is something that you feel like, uh, or what are some reasons that you feel like people don't choose to be abstinent? Um. Well, I think it's it's a compound, it, uh, well, compound answer to that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's multiple reasons. Uh, one is culture. They may not have grown up in a culture where it was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing you ever talked about. You know, other than like a high school talks about it. They right. show condoms like they did the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> but, um, you know, but but you also have uh, in Christian families uh, reasons why people may, may not choose to do, do it. Um, is because in Christian families, we typically just say, don't have sex. Mm-hmm. And we do nothing else. Right. We don't tell, teach anybody about re- how to have a relationship. Right. Why to not to have sex yeah. uh, before marriage. Like all the complications that can come. We never teach any of that. It's not part of the the, the talks that we have. Mm-hmm. And so, so it, it becomes, you know, not necessarily... A, it's not, not that it's not taboo. Because, you know, you still, you know... I can go to anybody who, who was, when they were young, when they were doing it, that they were still trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. But it was because it still was something that you know your parents don't want you to do. Mm-hmm. But you were doing it because you really don't know the dangers of it. Right. Um, so it's just like people, some people just don't know. Um, those who do know, sometimes the desire is just, I mean, well, not sometimes. Yeah. That desire can be so strong be that you're strong. like, you know what? Forget it. Because <laughs> you're like, look, when I'm hungry and I feel like I'm starving, mm-hmm. I'm go eat. Like, I don't care if I'm fasting. I'm, you can get to a point where you're just like, mm-hmm. forget it. I'm eating. And it can come to that same type of feeling that you're yeah. like, forget it. Just, I'm going. But I also think that there are some people who feel like they're missing out on something if they if they do choose to do it mm-hmm. or that they're not going to find somebody because they're not giving themselves up. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things to deal with because society tells you now that sex is a big thing and you have to do it and right. you have to try it and you have to know who you're getting you know, into it with. And I always tell people the thing about the thing about sex is when you love somebody and you love them on, you know, not just emotionally, but you, but spiritually. You, when you love them with everything, sex is going to feel different. Mm-hmm. Sex is going to mean something more than just you laying down with somebody that you're talking to. Or one night stand. It's going to mean and feel a whole different way. And that's what I usually tell people now is like, you know, it's two different types of feelings that you get. You know, and at least for me, you know, it's like, you know, I can look back on times when I wasn't, you know, abstinent and you lay with somebody and that feeling that you feel after is like, you know, it's it's nothing, you don't carry, you know, with you. It's really nothing there, you know, and it's for me, I just think it's a lot of people are afraid that if they tell someone that they're abstinent, kind of like, you know, when you first... When we first met, you mm-hmm. told you had told me that you thought that I was going to walk away like all the other women in that process. Mm-hmm. Because you had said that you had told previous women yep. that you were celibate and they weren't yep. too happy about that. And so I think that's a, a thing for people and a struggle that people have because they feel like they have to go with society and they have to give up their beliefs and what they want for themselves just so someone else can accept them. And I think that's really like it, we have to, as a society, get out of that mindset because not everybody needs to lay with somebody before they figure out, you know, if they want to be with that person. Right. And I don't think sex should ever drive your, you know, emotions in a sense because if say say for instance you marry somebody because how good their sex is, mm-hmm. and then something tragic happens and they're paralyzed from the waist down, 
What are you going to do? You know, it's, sex is no longer your big thing. And now it's, can you communicate with this person? Can y'all talk? Do y'all know each other on another level? And a lot of times people don't know each other on those other levels. So, yeah, yeah I think that's a struggle that people have. So it definitely, I think it definitely is. Um, it also goes into um, one of the things that, you know, just talking about the dangers, um, in, in a sense. And what I mean by dangers, I don't necessarily mean, like, if you don't do this, you're going to die. It's like, <laughs> like I, I don't mean that, but there are problems that can come on that will cause long-term life effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I know many people who are now, let me correct that, I know many women who today have babies by low-down men, deadbeat men, or guys that soon they got pregnant or walked out of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know some who, 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 or who mm-hmm. go through the same thing. And why? Because one night of pleasure, or you know, depending on you know how long it took you to get pregnant, because it may not have been one mm-hmm. night, but you know, you may have this long-standing relationship. Y'all been together for five years, didn't never got pregnant, but then. You got pregnant, he walks out, you know, and you're sitting there because you've been in this process and y'all, y'all, y'all laying with each other, y'all never really talked about, you know, hey, do you even want kids? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if we get pregnant? Because, you know, oh, you don't want kids, but why aren't you using protection and certain things like that? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, there's just so many things that could happen there. You know, we all know there's diseases and other things that can that are potential Mm -hmm. but then you also have the effects of the spiritual side of it like soul ties Mm -hmm. so now you're attached to this person and you don't know how to break free because now five years later you're still thinking about them Mm -hmm. or maybe there's still something that some situation that can come up and draw your mind back to that situation and you have this attachment there and you don't really know how to get rid of it Mm -hmm. And now you're going to possibly getting married and you have all these ties mm-hmm. with people when the real ties should only mm-hmm. be with your husband or your wife. Yeah, and that attachment can be strong, you know, especially like if it, uh, if you were with someone for a long time. That, mm-hmm. that, atta- that sexual attachment, that soul tie can, is really hard to break. It's really hard to get rid of. And I think that's what a lot of people deal with, too, you know. And then you get a lot of people comparing past people to current people, you know. And it's like that soul tie there is so strong that it's like you can't find a way to look at life without that. So it's like, what it would your life be without sex? Like, there are a lot of people who are like, I could never live without, you know, having sex or whatever. But it's only for a period of time. Right. And I think, you know... That's another thing that scares people is because they don't know how long that period of time is going to be. But that's where that self-control and that discipline comes in. And it's like, okay, well, in this time, work on who you are. Build yourself up. You want to start a business? Focus on there. You want to go to school? Focus on that. But a lot of times we feel like sex is our one true desire or experience that we just have to have in life, you know, before we marry and settle down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to tell people all the time, like, oh, you young, you in your 20s, experiment and, yeah. you know, yeah. date around and do all this stuff. And I'm like, no. Like, like that was I may be in my 20s, but when I make it to 60, I still want to feel like I'm in my 20s. <laughs> I, want to, I want to still be able to walk around. Because I, I know some of the people who say stuff like that and they don't mm-hmm. look well at all. They're like 40 years old. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not listening you? to you. What? <laughs> like, and then they show you a picture of 20 years ago, and you're like, this doesn't look like you. This young, this this is a completely different person. And, but it's just it's just one of those things that, you know, so many people have this idea in their mind. Mm-hmm. And I also think it comes from, like, the 60s and the 70s when everybody was like, love and just go be Love yourself and and, and, and 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 just have fun. Do whatever. Mm-hmm. And the 60s generation are the same generation that had us as kids. Mm-hmm. And so then we go, now they're going, oh, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Whatever you feel, mm-hmm. do it. Now, in a black home, you don't get that. Just like be real. 
you know, you, it's some black poems you made, but mm-hmm. typical black poems, you ain't getting no, oh, just love, be, be, be how you feel, mm-hmm. at least not when you're a kid, when you get older, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's a whole different conversation. Yes, it but, is. Um, but I'm just getting at the, the point is we, the reason we are abstained was so that our relationship would be deeper. Um, it was really pretty much that we understood that individually um, before we decided to abstain. Um, we both decided, hey, I want our walk, my walk with God to be closer, mm-hmm. um, to be a deep walk with him. And that way, when I bring myself to this relationship, even though I may have baggage, I still may have problems, I can, I can still focus on that person Mm-hmm. And not have as many problems as I could have if I wasn't abstaining. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, and I think a lot of more, a lot, pe- a lot of people would feel a sense of freedom um, if they just made the decision and lived, you know, lived that way. Just even just for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just see how free you are and how you're not tied to somebody else yeah. and you know how you're able to take that time and focus on self-care and things like that because you don't have something cloudy your judgment or right. you know making you crazy you know there are people go cuckoo crazy over sex like mm-hmm. crazy yeah. i mean you know and so it's it's to me i think uh it's like a drug you know that you mm-hmm. can, people can be addicted to sex and I think sometimes we have to under we have to realize that it's not all about that. Um, when you're trying to build a relationship with somebody and grow and learn who they are, you have to be able to see them in a clear enough light to be able to know if this is somebody who I actually can spend the rest of my life with. Because, like I said, when those things that you married them for, like sex, go out the window, then what else do you have to stand on? You know, you can't build. A strong foundation off of a sexual relationship. Right. You can't. There has to be more to it. You know, you might as well be building a house out of straw. You know, mm-hmm. you it has to be more to to that. And a lot of people wonder why they have failed relationships or why this person, oh, they don't love me like I thought they were gonna love me, or they don't communicate with me, or they are focused on other things is because you didn't ask those questions. I tell people all the time, ask the hard questions at the beginning mm-hmm. and get it out of the way. Yeah, it's hard to ask the hard questions after you're already married. Right. So it's like, <laughs> oh, so you telling me that you don't want to have kids? Like, what you, what do you mean? Are you telling me that you only want to have sexual relationships once a week or, you know, whatever. And so it's like, you have to know those things you know, about this person. And like I said, sex clouds your judgment. And I feel like that's another thing that I I achieved from that. Like I said, it's been having, being able to have clear judgment mm-hmm. of who you were and who I was. And so, you know, I I, I suggest people being abstinent. Yeah, I, I suggest that you know, as well. Um, so. I know there are people who won't. I know there are people who still, you know, decide to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But the, well, my suggestion, I would suggest at least trying to be abstinent, um, at least for six, I would say for, if you were just trying it, I would say give yourself 90 days. Um, but I would extend that to six months, really, but, you know, just try it. Well, I push people, I say a year. I mean, a year is probably going to be the best Cause thing. You, and my thing is, you reach a year, you can keep going. Yeah. Well, I, feel like you, I mean, you, you reach, reach three, three months, months, you can, you can keep, keep going, going. But, you know... You got to think about certain people, though. I mean, think about it. Every year around New Year's Eve, what's the one thing that people say they're going to do? Oh, they always say they're going to work out. But I'm going to work out. Weeks. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That last three weeks, actually. <laughs> you get people. You get people going to the gym one time. Yeah. You know, and, but for me, it's, it's more or less, it's, it's the dedication. Yeah. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. You know, you're yeah. going to do it. You th- Just think about your life right now. Think of something that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You did everything that you needed to do in your power to make that thing happen. Yeah. That is all you have to do when it comes to being abstinent is you just do everything in your power to make sure that you stay. And if you fall and you fail, get back up, start over. Don't think that, oh, I failed, might as well keep having it. Like, no, start over, push yourself. 
you know, push yourself um, in a way that you've never been pushed before. And I'm telling you, you're going to experience something different. It's going to feel different. The love is going to feel different. And I think a lot of people want that kind of love, mm -hmm. but they don't get it because it's clouded by other things. Right. And I, I, I just, I'm telling y'all from experience, it's, it's definitely a difference in spending that, that, that time getting to know each other on another level. It helps grow your relationship. It helps. And not to say that your relationship is going to be perfect. You know, we still argue. We get on each other's nerves. But you still are able to know that through all of that, I still have somebody who loves me for me. Um, because we we know each other. You know, and I think that's one thing. A lot of times you don't know that person. Nowadays, people don't even know people's favorite colors or anything like that anymore. It's like, what is this, you know, what, what do they like to do? You know, and, and so it's like people don't know those things because everybody and their mama want to have this Instagram picture-perfect life, but you're not actually getting to know that person. Right. And so that's another conversation for another day, too. Yeah, yeah. so I think we, we've pretty much addressed uh, exactly why we've been abstinent, mm -hmm. um, how we did, the, how we gone about the process. Mm -hmm. um, now I know we said step by step, but it's really no step by step. It's, yeah, the it's the true. step is to set up guards for yourself. Know where you're weak at. Mm -hmm. Set up guards and live by those guards. Um, now the guards aren't permanent. Again, the the reason for being abstinent is to find. If you're dating, it's to find someone you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Um, and in the in the marriage box, it's where sex is contained. But um, with that, uh, with that, we're gonna uh, close out for tonight. Um, if you if you have any questions, make sure to send them in to us mm -hmm. on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is Hitched TV. You'll find our faces. Just search it in the, in the search box. You'll find our faces. Uh, it's Hitched TV, and leave us a message, uh, comments, questions, things that we can address. And we'll make sure to include them on the show, answer anything that we can, uh, either by email or, like I said, on the show. And search us on YouTube as well. We have our YouTube page yes. up. Um, YouTube page is Hitch TV as well. Yes. Um, and so search us on there, and we will start to post our videos on there and on Facebook. And we will inform you guys on where the podcast audio will be at. Um, for you to watch that as well. So it will just be anywhere you can download a podcast. Well, there you go. So um, just we are excited uh, to be back. Yep. We are happy to be able to have these conversations with you guys, and um, we will do our best to bring you guys topics that you love. Uh, we're also going to be touching on some of our old topics from when we first started in 2017. And so it's going to be good to revisit some, some of those. Now. Yeah, you, we just yeah. might. You know, it's yeah. been, you know, we'll be married for four years in a couple of days, less than a week. A couple of days? I mean, not a couple of days. A week. <laughs> it's a week away. A week. <laughs> not like about next a week. Thursday. It's, it's a week. And, well, this day is basically over. So... Yeah. <laughs> But, and, you know, things happen in four years yeah. and the direction, you know, places that you thought you may have been are different and mm -hmm. things that you thought you may have been doing are maybe different or, you know, whatever. Or even better. So, or even better. And so we are excited to just give you guys a new Hitched. So, yeah. yeah. So, I'm Elijah. And I'm Courtney. And, and we're, we're Hitched. hitched. Out. Bye, everybody.